Passover. Would you go ahead and stand as we go into worship tonight? We are so excited because tonight we have over 25 people that we get to celebrate their making new moment. If your family member or if your friend is getting baptized tonight, you are more than welcome to come down here and we are going to rejoice together and we're going to celebrate what God is doing here at Westover tonight. Come on, church family.
never close. There is one thing that I know you are faithful. And you are faithful. So I speak out your word. It has the power to change my world.
you're in this place tonight and you're facing something, I want to encourage you right now to take it to the throne and to leave it at his feet and say, you know what, God, this is yours because I know that you can handle it. I can't handle it, but I know that you can. Come on, let's celebrate that tonight because we know who can do all things. I will walk through the fire, walk through the darkest nights.
Front to back, from side to side, every hand lifted high all over this building. How many know that God wants to encounter us tonight? The Bible says that He inhabits the praises of His people. Come on, let's just worship Him. So God, oh Lord, Lord, hear the sound of your people tonight, oh God, hear the sound of your people tonight, oh God, oh Lord, oh Lord, 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 oh we welcome you God, oh Lord, 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 Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised, oh God, Lord, Lord. Oh God, oh God, oh God. 
This year, our theme is stronger family. And how many know that the enemy has it against the family? But how many know that God is with us? God is for us. We are more than conquerors in Christ. And so tonight, we declare victory for our families. But the Bible says, it is by my spirit. It is not by might, by your power, by your ability, but it is by the Spirit's ability. It is by the power of God moving in our lives. So come on, let's sing this together one more time with every voice, with every hand lifted high. Come on, let's lift them up high in this place. Let's sing it out. Holy, 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 Lord. give God praise in this place. Come on, can you lift up your highest praise tonight? Come on, make it higher. Make it higher in this place. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.
Yeah. 
Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory. Come on, let's sing it out. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your
excited because we know that God has come here to meet with you tonight. And you know what? We serve a great big God and it doesn't matter what we walked in with tonight because I don't know about you, but I've just been so encouraged to know that no matter what I'm facing, that my God is bigger, my God is stronger, and I will live victorious in 2018. Amen? Well, welcome to Westover. We are so excited that you are here with us tonight. If you could, would you turn to the person next to you? Go ahead and share a smile and then you may be seated. What an awesome atmosphere here tonight. Baptized, I believe, 29 folks. What an amazing way to start the new year. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's something to get excited about. We are so glad you're here, as Pastor Lindsay said. Some of you may be visiting us for the first time. Maybe some of you came to see somebody special to you get baptized, and we're just so glad you're here. We'd appreciate if you'd let us know something about you. We have what we call a connection card. It's in the seat backs in front of you, a red and white card. If you'd just be so kind to give us a little information about yourselves, and when the offering comes uh, by in a moment, you can either put that in there, or better yet, we have what we call a connection center, and myself and other team members will be out there after the service uh, ready to greet you. We have a special gift for you and answer any questions you might have. So to find that, if you haven't been here before, when you exit this room, you go all the way to the left to our main lobby. There's a round information desk. And in the corner, there's what we call our connection center. So we'll be there to meet you. And again, so glad that you took time to worship and celebrate with us tonight. And another form of our worship is what we call our tithes and offerings. We get to start off the year by showing our faithfulness in giving to the Lord. We appreciate if the ushers would come forward and prepare to receive that. But just prepare your hearts and your minds. as Just as we prepared before the service in prayer, this is something to prayerfully consider what you would give to support the work of the Lord. It helps to meet the needs of those in this room here and beyond in our community. It's amazing what we can do when we come together. And we have three main ways to give. We have an offering envelope in the seat back in front of you if you prefer to give cash or check and put your information on there for giving credit. Uh, we have amazing ways to do now to do giving by electronically through our website and through our app. And then even this text to give function where you get this number and you text and set up your information and then you just put in the amount and where you're giving. So again, just we appreciate your faithfulness today. Let's take time to dedicate the offering to the Lord. Lord, we thank you that we can participate in giving your tithes and your offerings back to you, Lord, just in thanksgiving out of a thankful and grateful heart in what you've done for us and how you've taken care of us. And you said you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we pray that you will continue to meet the needs here and way beyond this congregation as we honor and serve you. In your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, my friend here, Pastor James Rios, is going to give us a little word about life groups and about some initiatives we have coming up. Pastor James, if you hadn't heard the word already, is our newest pastor on staff here at Westover. His wife, Beverly, is with us too and his children. All right, Pastor James. Well, hello, everyone. We're so excited for you to be here. Um, I love baptism services. Every time I see uh, people get baptized, it just, it just moves my heart. And it, but it helps me kind of reflect and think back when I was baptized at age 14. Um, but it also, I mean, it helps me remember all the people that influenced my life as I grew up um, to make that decision. And, and when I see people getting baptized, I kind of wonder about that, about, about what, um, who had that influence, that impact in their life. And, and 
that's what I'm here to, to, to challenge you guys with. We want to invite y'all, um, if, if you've ever thought about starting a life group and impacting someone's life and helping them in those next steps in their walk with Christ, we want you to, 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 to meet us in the back in, in, in the hallway, just outside the auditorium. You can see us there. We'll be there, and we'll, we'll help you sign up to, to be a life group leader. Um, on, on January 21st, we have a training uh, that we're inviting all of our life group leaders to come in, and new and old, just to be there, and just for just to hear our heart and our vision and what we have planned uh, for this upcoming year. So if you're interested in, in leading a life group just outside these doors, you'll see myself and Fernando out there waiting just to meet you, to talk with you, and, and assign you up and get you uh, involved in our class. It's wonderful, guys. You have a, gr a great night, and enjoy the sermon. All right. Thanks, Pastor James. All right. So glad to have them with us. Well, I get the honor and privilege of starting out the year and really, this is just about preparation. You know, how many know when you're preparing for a big event, you're preparing for a great accomplishment, it takes preparation. You have to be ready. You have to do something generally to get ready. And we're just going to talk a little bit about getting our hearts and our minds ready, reprogramming your heart. Actually, God does the reprogramming. Maybe you need a little reprogramming today. Maybe things got out of whack during the last year or you know, through the holidays, maybe you lost your focus a little bit too. And this is the time to refocus and to reprogram and get your heart in the right place. And Pastor Jim has been talking about the Fast Forward series. And we want to give you, again, just a little introduction to prayer and fasting to set the tone. We're inviting all of you, all of the Westover community, to be able to participate in a month focusing on prayer and fasting. And we're asking at a minimum that you join us in some form of fasting on Wednesdays during the month of January. Now, again, you can modify that, you can, but that's just the minimum that you're asking where we can come together in agreement because the Bible talks about agreeing with, in prayer, agreeing even through the fasting process where two or three gather together. God is in our midst. And so as we get started on that, I just want to give you some of the basics about, first of all, what is fasting? There may be some of you in this room who may not be familiar with it, or maybe you've heard the word, you've seen it in the Bible, but maybe you're not quite sure what it's all about. We're not going to get into great detail here, too. I really encourage you to do some more study on your own. We're going to give you some key scripture references to look at, to uh, talk to people. You know, look at, there's great websites out there as well and resources that, that we can share with one another, but learn more about this topic. We just want to introduce it to you so you catch the vision, catch the fire of this great amazing tool that this spiritual discipline of fasting can do for us. Now, fasting at its simplest, some of you may know this or go like, okay, yeah, no kidding. I got this. I know it. Going without food, okay? Going without food or nourishment and sometimes without liquid as well. In the biblical languages that the Bible is written in, it means to cover the mouth literally. So it's just something very literal, to cover the mouth or to abstain, to stay away from, in this context, staying away from food. Now, in our society today, you do hear about fasting occasionally. Typically, it's in association with those uh, tests that those of us over a certain age are become all too familiar with, where you have to prepare. They give you this big bottle of stuff to drink, and it cleans out your system. Enough detail already, right? And you have to purge. Get the meaning there? You have to purge your body. You have to fast and prepare your body for a certain test. And so typically... People will use it for that, or you think of it in terms of weight loss. It becomes, there's even diets out there. Right now you hear about every diet under the sun, about every diet that's out there, and some of them involve fasting for different periods of times. 
But it's really a spiritual discipline mentioned over and over in the Bible to allow us to sacrifice our temporary fulfillment. Focus on those words there. Fasting helps us sacrifice our temporary fulfillment to focus more on connecting with God. We talk a lot about connecting around here. We even have a connection center. But what we're doing really by focusing on fasting and prayer, I'm going to say it over and over again, is connecting with God. It just takes a sincere desire to meet with God. And then for some, it takes uh, different forms. For some, it's maybe going a whole day or a certain period of time without food or even going without food and water. There are some pretty extreme fasts mentioned in the Bible, such as the 40 days that Jesus underwent in the wilderness without food and water. Now, just take this with caution because the very extreme fasts mentioned in the Bible were God was calling them for a, to a very specific purpose, very difficult mission. And those are not to be undertaken lightly because sometimes people may have said, oh yeah, Jesus fasted for 40 days. Well, he's Jesus and you're not, okay? But not to say it can't be done. God can do anything. I'm a believer. But if that's you, you better be really certain that God is calling you to be able to do that. For most people, it's advisable to take in some liquids. Um, uh, for some, it's just maybe the fasting consists of going without a meal on Wednesdays or a particular day. Uh, we're not going to go into great detail, but just take time to study it, to learn about it too. And again, talk to one of our pastors, talk to myself, talk to um, some other Christians to learn more about this and research before you undertake it. Because it's not just something you undertake lightly. You need to prepare again, prepare your heart, prepare your mind to be able to do that. There's even what we call the Daniel fast. That just comes from Daniel chapter 10. The prophet Daniel undertook um, a period of mourning, it says in the Bible, where he was abstaining from certain foods and certain drink during that period of time. So it wasn't a complete fast of going without food or liquid. And so that's something you'll see a lot of information out there about what's called the Daniel fast. But Daniel also participated in other types of fasts. That wasn't the only type of fasting that Daniel did. But please seek more guidance from others about the type of fasting. It's something uh, just uh, to be aware that if you're under the care of a doctor, to make sure that your body is ready for that. Maybe you're taking certain medications that require food. Again, just make sure if, uh, that you seek a doctor's advice before embarking on something like that. But again, even at its simplest, maybe just going without a meal just to test it if you've never done that before, to use that time to focus on God. Because a spiritual benefit of fasting is that it means getting our minds back on the reality that we can't do it on our own that we need help. It helps us to realize when we go without food for a period of time just how fragile we are and we depend on things that are beyond ourselves. And it's a great physical object lesson that God has given us to be able to train our bodies, to train our minds, to be able, our hearts to be able to focus on Him. Think about the things that we do that have symbolism. Baptism is a very powerful symbol that involves all of our senses. I mean, when you get wet all the way and you go all the way under, that involves your whole body, right? You are all the way in, and then you're coming out. And so that's a very visual, powerful, physical reminder of God's presence with us, and we're proclaiming His Word. Communion is a physical symbol where we taste, touch, smell, and feel the elements of the representation, representation of the body and the blood of the Lord. And so God knows that we need some object lessons sometimes, and fasting is one of those things. One of the key scriptures on fasting is in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 16 through 18. 
says simply, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, here it assumes that Christians are going to fast. It says, when. When you fast. So it assumes that this was a normal practice at the time for Jewish people and then also communicated to new Christians about that practice of fasting. And it talks about having humility in that moment or the right attitude or the right motivation for fasting. Now, it's interesting to note that this chapter talks first about giving, then it talks about prayer, and then it talks about fasting. And then Jesus says that all three are to be done in secret with humility, basically not to be done to draw attention to yourselves, not to gain appreciation or accolades from others. And in this passage, uh, the Pharisees, apparently, or the hypocrites, it says, but generally Jesus was talking about the Pharisees, would make a show of how much they were suffering when they were fasting to make them see themselves appear more holy and to gain some sympathy from others. And so Jesus says, you know, don't do that. Yes, it may be painful, it may be uncomfortable, but don't show it to everybody. And it even mentions about putting oil on your head and washing your face. In that, in that day, the symbolism of oil and washing your face was to make everything look okay, to show to the world that, hey, you know, I'm going through this tough thing, but, you know, I'm not going to let on that I'm suffering, I'm hurting, I'm doing this between me and God. I'm not making a show of it. And it is also uh, meant to be even a, a joyful occasion that you are getting closer to God and you're not there seeking sympathy. <clears throat> so prayer and fasting are often mentioned together in the Bible and they're often linked closely together. And you can see then earlier in Matthew chapter 6, as I mentioned, it talks about prayer. And this is one of the passages that mentions what we know as the Lord's Prayer. He's given us the model prayer, learning about prayer, but it's very closely linked to the practice of fasting. Now, prayer is talked about in the world a lot. You know, prayer is popular. You hear people say, you know, I'll pray for you, or we're praying for that, or our thoughts and prayers are with you. And sometimes you just wonder, you know, you know that maybe their actions don't line up with all that praying that they're talking about. You know, so it's easy just to say, sure, I'm praying or I'm doing this. But, you know, so prayer is popular, fasting, not so much. You know, people will say, I'll pray for you. But you ever hear somebody say, I'm fasting for you. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, something you just don't hear very often. But because prayer takes, excuse me, fasting takes extra discipline. Fasting is harder than just saying a prayer. But both are meant to have the right attitude, the right motivation and preparation before we enter into those things. Just people often don't think a lot before something comes out of their mouth in prayer. But fasting takes that preparation. You have to get ready for it. But when we're getting ready for it, we have to clearly examine our motivation for prayer and fasting. You know, for instance, why do we fast? Why should we fast? So when you're praying and you want to participate in this thing called fasting, it's okay to ask those questions. You know, God, you know, what is the purpose here? What is the reason? Because all fasts should have a spiritual purpose. We mentioned that again in the world. Sometimes it's just for weight loss or medical reasons. In that, but here it should have a spiritual purpose that we are seeking God to accomplish something in our lives. And so... An illustration of that, another passage in the Bible, 
is in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 is a very simple parable told by Jesus of the Pharisee and the tax collector. So let me read that. Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 9. He says, To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Now picture this scene. He's there praying in the temple, others around. He says, God, I thank you that I am not like all other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers. And you can picture him maybe glancing over, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all that I get. But it says the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Very simple lesson there. Great imagery there in the text about Jesus describing something that was probably a common scenario, people gathering to pray. But the Pharisee was one of these hypocrites that was talked about in Matthew chapter 6 about how he was making a show of what he was doing. And he may have been sincerely motivated at one time by serving God and honoring God, but he got so caught up in the rules and doing everything a particular way and took pride about showing people how holy he was. You know, this is where the phrase holier than thou comes from, if you've heard that before, about God, I am so holy, I do these things. And, you know, it even mentions that he fasts. It even mentions that's a good practice. He tithes, he gives offerings. He fasts, but Jesus is making it clear he doesn't have the right motivation. His heart is not in the right place. Again, maybe it was at one time, but he lost sight of what the truth was about serving and honoring God. And so having a dedicated time of prayer and fasting is not a way of manipulating God into doing what you desire because sometimes people act like the Pharisee. They act like God owes them something. God doesn't owe us a thing. God wants to do stuff for us, things for us. He wants to take care of us because he loves us, but God doesn't owe us anything. We can't, earn, we can't be good enough or do good enough to earn God's favor, but God is there to love us no matter what we've done and who we are. And the repentant tax collector, that's the next part of that, that parable, the repentant tax collector, he got it right. Now, he was a sinner, Tax collectors were hated in that time. Some of them were Jewish people who were looked at as as turncoats, as traitors who turned on the Jewish people and were working for the Roman government to, to collect the taxes. Nobody wants to pay taxes, really? Okay, so he was there, didn't even want to look around, didn't want people to notice him, but he didn't let it keep him from coming to God. He was going even in the presence of someone he knew would look down on him, even in the presence of someone he knew would talk bad about him, and hate him because he just knew that he needed to get with God. He just knew that he needed a touch from God. And it just said he just beat his breast, which was another sign of just repentance and humbleness in those days. And it says, just got down and bowed his head and said, Lord, I need you. I need your help. Forgive me, for I am a sinner. I'm just here offering myself, offering my life to you. I haven't done good things. I haven't done anything that I'd be proud of. I haven't done anything that God would be proud of. But yet, I know that God is in this place, and I'm not going to miss that. I want to come and dedicate my time to prayer. And potentially, 
You know, hopefully he learned then some valuable lessons after that about prayer and about fasting, about doing it the right way. But it just started with that humility, helpless and needy, not caring at all what others thought. He just wanted to meet God. And it wasn't a sign of weakness, but Jesus pointed out in the Scripture that this man, instead of the Pharisee, was the one who was justified and the one who is exalted. In the end, he is the one that Jesus appreciated and rewarded his attitude. So here's some simple lessons learned. This is from the parable from these scriptures we read. Oh, also I want to point out just for, um, just for study purposes as you look at this later on, Isaiah 58 is a great passage. If you want to write that down, Isaiah chapter 58 uh, talks, one of the headings in the English Bible is called true fasting. It gives some great uh, purposes it gives the positive motivation. It gives the wrong motivation for fasting in that chapter. So Isaiah 58. But some lessons learned from these scriptures from the parable. Number one, fasting must have a purpose. Fasting must have a purpose because it starts with demonstrating our sincerity before God, clearing the distractions from our life because we have a lot of distractions. You know, some people have even gone so far to say they're going to do a media fast, you know, Give up something that keeps them from getting close to God. You know, there's different manifestations. Again, pray for wisdom in how God wants you to be able to participate in this. Because, again, it's a distraction. But again, you know, we think that we need a cell phone, but we don't really need it, do we? (laughs) You know, but we do need food. So there is a little difference there in food versus the media. But again, you know, use some judgment and wisdom in those things too. Food and media potentially. But we may start out by asking or seeking for something specific. And then when we can hear God, maybe he'll lead us even in another direction or even change our desires. That's where we talk about reprogramming the heart. Maybe when you get close to God, maybe God will show you that, well, I wasn't really seeking after the right things or the best that God has for me. So number two, fasting requires the right heart attitude, that sincere desire to meet with God. And as I noted earlier, fasting is one of those practices to be done in secret, just like prayer, without drawing attention to yourself. It's done to seek God's will without acting like we deserve something. Now, even though we say it's in secret and the passage clearly says that, you know, here's some, pract- here's some practical guidance along with that. You know, it's okay to talk to other Christians. It's okay to have an accountability group if you're going through fasting and to learn some lessons from other people and to support one another in that way. You know, those things are okay. So when it says in secret, you know, be careful about, you know, how you look at that. But the point is, don't go out in the world and just brag about what you're doing. Don't, don't hang your head. Don't be all sad. Don't brag about what you're doing. But again, for learning purposes, it's okay to share and talk about those things, especially within the community of faith. Because, again, it's done to seek God's will without acting like we deserve something. But there are clearly rewards mentioned. Let's point that out. Let's make it very clear. There are rewards mentioned. We're not doing it just to get something. But God does clearly say that he will reward us. But how do rewards come? Maybe bringing change in our life. Maybe bringing results. Maybe bringing breakthrough. Not necessarily material gain. But I guarantee you, when you do this in the right heart and the right spirit, God will bring something positive to your life. And it will be customized to your situation and to you and your family about how God is going to do that. But we can't, again, command God to do it. God will do it out of a loving heart, giving back to us as we give to him out of a loving heart. And again, 
said it over and over again, but I want to get it in your minds that fasting changes you. It reprograms your heart. You can't help when you go through fasting but having something changed in your heart. That something is going to change. It's going to rewire you. It's going to reprogram you. Again, your focus is going to be in a different place. Your focus is hopefully going to be on the things of God and not the things of the world. And yes, there's still going to be challenges. There's still going to be other distractions that are things that are fighting for your attention, but it helps build up that strength, that security that God is going to see you through and help you through that moment. Because when you're changed on the inside, it naturally is going to produce different actions or different effects on the outside. So again, if this is a new idea, a new concept, learn more, study more, but try it. See what God will do, especially when you combine that fasting, using that extra time you would have devoted to eating, to be able to socializing, because a lot of eating is in social settings, that you are dedicating that time to God, especially if you're maybe to start with giving up that meal a day. You know, don't use it to get extra work done. I, I'll be honest, I have that tendency sometimes. It's real easy. Oh, I got some extra free time. You know, I'll take that call or do that email, things like that. But get in a quiet place, that secret place that God talks about, and meet with God. Don't squander that precious time. Use it in a wise way to be able to meet and get together with God. And so now is the time at the beginning of the year tonight to start preparing your heart to be reprogrammed by God. Maybe you're here and you haven't really fully made that commitment to serve God by accepting Jesus Christ into your heart. Maybe you haven't fully understood what that meant, but we're here today to tell you that even if you, if you never have made that decision to ask for God's forgiveness, to accept Christ as your Savior, if maybe you've done that before and you've lost sight of what's important, like the Pharisee, maybe you're, you lost your vision, maybe you need to ask for forgiveness, there's no better time than the present to be able to honor Him today by giving your life, by giving your heart to Him. So as we close, I just want to take time to, to lead you in that prayer, if that's you, if that's your heart. So I pray everybody would just uh, please stand right now. Appreciate if you would bow your heads and just a moment of reverence before the Lord. If this is really just spoken to you and you realize that you need some reprogramming in your mind, in your heart, just as everybody, you have your eyes closed and, ha- and heads bowed, just if you would just raise your hand, just so I'll know, just to pray for you. If you need to make that decision just to give your heart to God for the first time or back to God and just ask for his forgiveness, just raise your hand. This is just a commitment to you and God and just so me, for me so I can see to pray for you. Amen. Let's see. You can put your hands down. Just pray this prayer with me. And it's okay if you made this prayer, said this prayer many times before just to pray in your heart just to receive the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead and that you live today. I've done things that are against your word. Please forgive me for my sin. Clean my heart and make me a new person inside. Give me a new heart and help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. I commit to following you this year and the rest of my life. With God's help, I will do it. In your name, Jesus, we pray.
Amen. 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 I thank you so much. Congratulate those of you who made that decision for the very first time. You know, if uh, I'll be out after a few minutes, allow me time to make my way to the Connection Center. Even if you uh, want to meet with us at the Connection Center or if you made that decision for the first time and want to talk to me, uh, we'll make time to talk to you or even later throughout the week about that. But you are on a new path to serving God. I pray that you are inspired to pray, to fast, to seek God's will. And we know God's going to do amazing things through us. God bless you all. Have a great night.